0: Hey, just wanted to let you know, we experienced a little bit of technical difficulties on Maya's end when it comes to the audio. There's some glitches throughout the episode. Honestly, I just listened to the whole thing. It's not super distracting, but just wanted to give you the heads up that we are aware and to stick with us because I promise the content in this episode is top-notch. Hi friend. I am so excited for today's episode. Today I had the absolute joy of sitting down with Maya Nicole. Maya Nicole is a highly sought after Instagram marketing expert and business coach who has taught over 5,000 students worldwide. She works with service-based businesses to attract their ideal follower, grow their Instagram presence, and create a sustainable content strategy. Her passion is helping business owners minimize the overwhelm that often comes with growing on Instagram and maximize their results through organic marketing so they can hit their media goals while growing their business. Since 2021, Maya has helped students grow over 2 million followers combined and reach over 500 million people. And while those numbers are great, Maya's goal is always impact over impressions. I don't remember when I first started following Maya, but she is not only a wealth of knowledge, but an incredible person. Over the last year or so, she and I have talked so many times about the ups and downs of entrepreneurship, things that are fun and frustrating on Instagram and everything in between. Today's conversation is incredible. Whether you're a business owner, an entrepreneur, a content creator, or in any other field of work or life experience, she brings so much knowledge, not only from the tactical side of career, but also finding the blend in life and business and being truly in alignment on what matters most and how you spend your time feeds into those priorities. So it is a wonderful conversation and I can't wait for you to listen. Let's dive in. Hi friend, welcome to Gather and Growth, a show created for passionate, growth-focused rural women like you. From mindset work and building strong habits to exploring the unique joys and challenges of living rural, This is a show to leave you feeling joyful, inspired, and a little less alone. Together, we're on a journey of reaching for the most confident, healthy, and authentic version of ourselves, and I'm forever grateful to have you by my side. Whether you're currently running on a back road, shuffling kids to town, hopping along for a tractor ride, or three loads deep into folding laundry, grab yourself a nice coffee and let's dive in. Maya, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for this conversation. Me
0: too. Oh, I'm kidding. I feel like this could be a, a three-hour episode. Maybe maybe not. Yes. Um, <laughs> but for someone who is meeting you for the first time, I would love if you could share with us you know, your background, how you got to where you are today, what you do, why you do it, all of the above. The floor is yours.
1: Awesome. So I feel like I could spend probably three hours just telling my story <laughs> alone because, I mean... Just getting here, it's been quite the wild ride, but I'll give like the the spark note version of my story. So it all started back really in in November of 2019 when I got into the nursing program in my college. And it was something that I had always wanted to do. I always wanted to be a nurse. And people would ask me, Why do you want to be a nurse? And I'm like, I have no idea. I literally have no idea why I want to be a nurse. That was just like the thing that I chose and I wanted to be a nurse. No idea, no reason behind it, no, I I had no idea why I really wanted to be a nurse, but I got into the nursing program and I was stoked on life. And basically the first email that came into my inbox said, good luck having a life and having a job. Like this is going to be really busy. And I knew that getting into it, I had talked to other people who had gone to nursing school. Like it wasn't unfamiliar, but like actually getting that email and hearing them say like, good luck having a job and like balancing your life and a job. I was like, Oh my gosh. I was also newly married at the time. College is expensive. Life is expensive. So I was thinking of ways that I could make money. And I randomly came across on my Instagram account. It was an ad that popped up on my Instagram stories that said uh, something along the lines of like college students, like if you're needing a job that is flexible. And I was like, check, check, check all the boxes. That is me. Instagram totally targeting me in that moment right there. And so I reached out and it was for network marketing And so I ended up joining network marketing in December of 2019. I didn't really join with like the intentions of like making millions of dollars and like, I don't know, like ever like full-time working online because I was in nursing school. And that was like my end goal was nursing. And so I just wanted to make just a couple extra hundred dollars on the side to be able to help support my family. Well, I guess me and my husband, which is what I call my family. (laughs) And so that's how I got started. And within that very first semester of nursing school, so basically four months into network marketing, I was making a full-time income through network marketing. And around that, and around the end of that very first semester, my husband kept teasing. me. He's like, so when are you going to drop out of nursing school to like take your business full time? And I was like, I've worked my entire life to get here. Like I have blood, sweat and tears to like get into this nursing program. Like no way am I going to quit. And that's also when COVID hit was at, you know, the beginning of 2020. And so the nursing program being A nurse during COVID and a nursing student during COVID was freaking wild. Like everything went online, and I was doing like all of my practice on my husband, and he's like, "This freaking sucks because like I couldn't do it. We we weren't at school; we were at home. And so, anyways, I got done with that semester, and I had the summer off before my next semester started. And you know, I just kept thinking of what my husband had said. He's like, "You know, you should drop out of nursing school and take your business full time." And I was like it kind of just like thought wouldn't get out of my head. Like I just kept thinking about it over and over again. And I remember I listened to a podcast by Rob Dial and he was talking about, basically in the podcast, he was like, if you woke up tomorrow with $500 million in your bank account, what would you do with your life? You would, you know, pay off your house. You know, you would put money in savings. You would put money in savings for your kids. You would buy off your parents' house, you know, all these things. And he's like, but then what would you do? Because as humans, we are fulfilled by doing things, you know, like, yeah, you'd travel the world, but like eventually, you know, there's only so many things that you can do before you need to like settle down and like have a purpose in life. That really got me thinking. And I was like, you know what? Nursing school is not what I want to do. And I really, really loved working online. I love social media. It's been honestly, it's been a passion for a very, very long time, basically ever since Instagram came out. You know, I was the person editing all the pictures in Lightroom, like when I was in middle school and like, I love photography. So like, I've always definitely had that passion for it, but network marketing really brought that out. And so I ended up dropping out of nursing school in August of 2020. And I took my business like officially full time. And I worked that for basically like the next six months. And then fast forward to May of 2021, I saw all these people who were growing with reels, So I started a 30 day reels challenge and I was like, I'm going to hit 10 K or like, I'm going to grow 10,000 followers. I think at the time I was at like 2,500 followers. I was like, I'm going to grow so big. So I saw all these other people growing. I was like, this is my opportunity. I honestly had thought up until that point, the Instagram growth was dead for small accounts. So I started that 30 day reels challenge and nothing happened. (laughs) Uh (laughs) And I was like, Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> like, like I was so disappointed and but just me being who I am I was like you know what? I'm just gonna go for another 30 days because like let's just see what happens so now 60 days into this so 60 real 60 days I had grown a little bit like I think i had grown like maybe three or 400 which like for me was great because like right in the past I hadn't grown hardly anything at all and So I was like, okay, let's just do it for another 30 days. So 90 days, 90 reels, 90 days. And also I had done a few other posts in between. So about 120 posts in 90 days, which is a lot. And I finally grew. So I grew from 4K to 10K in a a two week period, basically. Wow. And I guess if you look back, like in a three week period, I basically grew from 3k to 10k. And so it was crazy. And I hit that 10k mark. And I got the swipe up link. And like, I was stoked on life. Like I've made it like I hit 10k. (laughs) And I honestly didn't think that I was gonna go past that. Like I hit 10k. And I was like, okay, cool. Like I've made it in life. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, I felt like I had been like verified on Instagram. Like I was like this famous person that like, walking down the street, people should recognize me, you know, like, and it was only, yeah, obviously. And it was only 10 K followers. And (laughs) along the way, as I was doing this, you know, I guess 90 day real challenge uh, I was sharing my journey and I wasn't sharing it because I wanted to be an Instagram coach or because I wanted to be social media marketing expert or anything. I was just sharing it because I knew that it would help people. And like, I was just sharing my experience. And so as I started to grow, all these people were like, Hey, like I see that you're growing. Like I love your tips and tricks. Like, do you have coaching calls or like, how, like, can you help me with my business? And I'm like, Hey, join my network marketing team. And they're like, uh, I already have my own business. Like, I don't want to join your network marketing team. And so I almost felt like I was missing out on an opportunity to help people. And so I opened up one-on-one coaching calls I think it was in September of 2021 and I didn't really think anything of it. I was just like, I'm just going to throw this out there, see what happens. Didn't really even know how to price my offer. I didn't even know what I was going to talk about on my one-on-one coaching calls. I totally like when people are like, just start before you're ready. Like that was me. I was, I started way before I was ready. I had no idea what (laughs) I was doing, but I was like, I'm just going to throw it out there because I really didn't expect anything to happen. Yeah. And I booked out. I I stayed booked out. I think I booked out within two weeks of launching those calls and I stayed booked out through the entire rest of the year. Wow. And so then I was like, I there's only one me and then there's all these people. So then I launched my course and then I then went on to launch my membership. And now here I am today. So it's just been this crazy wild journey of like dropping out of nursing school to take my business full time to then tra- transitioning from network marketing into this social media marketing coaching expert position where I am right now. So I, I guess I don't really know if that was a sparked out version of my story because that ended up being a lot longer than I thought. But that- that's me. That's my That's my story. That's how I got to where I am today.
0: <laughs> but I think there's so much to take from that because I feel like that experience is so universal for entrepreneurs of like, I actually have no idea what I'm doing. And I just said that I was doing it. And now that I'm doing it and it's working. And I think it's so funny because when we, we try too hard to plan and try too hard to come up with a perfect thing and then it doesn't work. And on the other hand, when you just kind of follow the breadcrumbs where they lead, like all of a sudden all this magic unfolds and you're like, I don't really even know how this happened. I just jumped in with two feet and here we
1: are. No, no, seriously. People ask me all the time. They're like, wait, like how, how did you get here? And I'm like, you know, I I don't really even know like I, I really like ask me maybe in five years like I don't really know how I got here and I also don't really know where I'm going either like people are like Caleb hey, well, what's your five-year plan I'm like ask me what my five-day plan is because that that's all that's all I've got right now
0: I relate to that so deeply like I kind of have an idea of what I guess quote-unquote the future looks like but yeah you know, thinking a year or three years, I'm like, I don't know, because things, you know, just spin and change. And like it's it's not for me like I was a teacher and after that I was in the nonprofit sector. Like there was a more of a plan that was predetermined for me of what that was gonna look like. But now being an entrepreneur, it's like if I'm planning on a concrete level, like what five years from now looks like, like I'm not I don't feel like I'm doing something right. Because we grow and we, we evolve and we change so much based on the information that we're receiving and the new experiences that we have and the clients that we work with. So I think you're on the right track. It will unfold.
1: No, thanks. And I honestly, like if you would ask me in network marketing, like network marketing was my five-year plan, it was my 10-year plan. It was my 20-year plan. And then just because I was open to opportunities, like that's how I ended up where I am today. And that's how I ended up in network marketing in the first place. If I had said, you know, I'm in nursing school, like I'm just going to let my husband provide for me. I'm not even going to look for other opportunities. I know for a fact that I wouldn't be where I am today. So just being open to new opportunities and trying new things, like, like you said, it's going to take you, you might go in a totally different direction than you ever planned going on. And that's not to say that like, you can't have a plan for the future, but also just be open to those new opportunities. Because if you're like, this is dead set my plan. And like, that's the only way you're going to live your life. Like, I feel like you're going to miss out on so many opportunities.
0: For sure. For sure. So when somebody asks you now, like, what do you do? Like, what is it that you say to them? Like, who do you serve? Um, what resources do you provide? What's your elevator pitch, I guess? Yes. Million dollar question. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I definitely need to work on this more. Like I have it written down really good, but like memorization wise, definitely need to work on that more. But I would say I'm a social media marketing and business coach. And I just added business pretty recently because I feel like that's something that's so important, not just like the growth on social media, but making sure that you're monetizing it. So you're not just like spending all this time on there. So I would say that's like my title. And then who do I help? Product and service-based businesses, specifically, um, mainly like entrepreneurs or people who, Or entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, people who have like a smaller team, small business for sure.
0: Very cool. I love that you brought up making sure that you're making money because I think it's easy, especially with Instagram, to spend so much time, effort and energy creating content for like not a specific end game of what that monetization of that looks like. And if like that's what your passion is, like by all means, like create a way. But what advice would you give for someone who's maybe looking to grow their Instagram following for a variety of reasons, but specifically for the point of growing their business or monetizing in some capacity?
1: The first thing that I would say is I think a lot of people think, oh, I have to hit 5,000 followers. I have to hit 10,000 followers or 50,000 followers in order to start monetizing. And I think that's probably one of the biggest myths about monetizing on social media. I know people who have a thousand followers who make seven figures. Like, I know people who have 200,000 followers who make, you know, a thousand dollars a month. Like, and that's not to say that, like, either one is right or wrong, right? But it's just to say that, like, you can start where you are right now. You don't have to wait till you hit this certain mark or what people would say is, like, popularity. You're not like, you don't have to hit this vanity metric in order to monetize. Is that to say that, like, as you grow your following, should your income increase? I would definitely say, hopefully it is, right? Because like, hopefully you were monetizing your your social media presence for sure. But also, like, I was monetizing. I had a full time income in network marketing with twenty five hundred followers. You know, so it, it, as for like getting started, I would say just start, and that, and then that, then there comes the question of like well, where do I start? Or like, how yeah. do I start? And it really just depends. I mean, it, there are so many different ways that you can monetize. There are virtual assistants. You could be a social media manager. You could launch an ebook. The, the ebook was actually the very first thing that I personally did. And I just did that in Canva which is free. I just created that all, typed it all up, like I had like my family edit it, and then I uploaded it to Gumroad and that was the very first thing that I sold, but you can do one-on-one coaching, that was the second thing that I did. There's courses, there's memberships, you can even have podcasts, you can have blogs. There's so many things. And obviously like physical products too. Like if you want to sell candles or whatever it is, like think about like what is it that you're passionate about? And how can you help serve people? Or maybe there's a lack of something that you've recognized. Like maybe you've recognized that there's not enough like Stanley cups. Like I say Stanley cup, cause I'm sitting here holding my Stanley <laughs> cup. Like maybe you recognize that there's not as enough Stanley cups because they always get sold out. And so you're creating a product that's similar or even better than a Stanley cup. And you're going to sell out something along those lines. So really thinking like in your, in your life, like what are you passionate about? Or maybe where is there a lack of something in your market that you can fill? Or maybe you have a knowledge of something that you know a little bit more. And when I say a little bit more, all you need to know is a little bit more than your ideal follower or your client or your customer to really be able to monetize that.
0: I think that's some of the best advice I ever received in the past year. I happened to tune into a webinar about speaking. And the presenter said, you really are actually the most effective when you are 2% ahead of your audience. And that was such a light bulb moment for me because we feel like we need to know everything and we need to be an expert and we need to have all of the answers. But the truth is, that's not how most people can actually access knowledge. Like, If I sat down with a super high level physics professor... I'm not getting nearly as far as if you show me the physics YouTube video made for second graders. Like I'm going to be able to get a lot more out of that. And so I think that allows us to give ourselves permission to be like, oh, I just need to know and be able to repackage and present it to the person who's like two steps behind me. And that alone allows me to be an authority and be successful in this space.
1: Yes, that's... Literally, if you take nothing else away from this podcast, like, <laughs> let it be that right there. Like that was like the mic drop, the truth bomb, like everything that Emily just said. Amen to
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> And cut. No, just yeah. kidding. Um, <laughs> just kidding. We have lots more to unpack here. <laughs> if you've been hanging out with me online for a few years, then I know you've heard about my personalized habit challenge, udu 82 Through this challenge, women like you intentionally choose habits to build or break for 82 days through the mindset of progress over perfection. At its core, UDU82 is an experience and community to help you show up for the life of your dreams. To learn more, tap the link in the show notes listed below. So obviously, like in a space like Instagram, and I think this is true of social media across the board, there's so many different ways that we can show up, so many different ways that we can spend our time, effort, and energy. Obviously, everyone's talking about Reels. You are a Reels expert. What should we be looking towards in the near future for growth on Instagram or even for you know wanting to just get our message out, whatever that may be, whether it's related to monetization or not? Because I feel like as Reels have changed or as more people have started coming into the space around reels, like what is working on reels has even changed. So what do you see as like the most kind of effective things to be pouring energy into over the next couple months?
1: I think that's a great question and honestly, a loaded question. And it really just depends on, it depends on your niche because you, you know, you hear all the time, like reels, 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 reels. But I have students who are growing, you know, tens of thousands of followers just from carousel posts and infographics. So I think it really just depends on, it depends on your niche and it depends on your audience too, and how you can best serve them. I mean, at the end of the day, like if you are someone who is more so like in the healthcare or in healthcare professional industry, their posts that are like very informative and carousel posts, they perform pretty well because they're very savable and shareable. Is that to say that like that wouldn't perform well as a real? No, not the case, but definitely testing that. But as for like trends moving forward, I would say authenticity and more vulnerability. That's, that's what's going to be more popular moving forward on Instagram. How do we know that? Because Instagram trends a lot like TikTok does. And on TikTok, it is a lot of the content where it's just like, hey, I'm walking down the street and I'm holding my phone and I'm going to talk to you for a second. Instagram has always been a more curated platform. So I don't see it ever being exactly like TikTok. But I do see more of that authentic content of just like, hey, I'm here sitting on my couch. Like, let's chat for a second about a certain topic or like, I'm going to show you the day to day behind the scenes of my life having more deep conversations with your audience and like really having that authentic content that isn't quite as edited. I would say that's something that I would focus on more moving forward. But at the end of the day, though, like I said, at the beginning, it really just depends on your niche and just testing. Like, that is my biggest piece of advice. If something's not working, test something else, like try something new. Social media is always going to be continually evolving. So if you're waiting for things to like slow down or like stop, if you're waiting for the glitches to stop, if you're waiting for the updates on Instagram to stop, like, I hate to break it to you, but like, it's not going to happen. It's just, you have to keep going. And part of it, like part of it sucks, but also part of it is so freeing as a content creator because it allows you to evolve and it allows you to not be stuck in this place of like just creating the same exact content over and over and over again. So I think it's really good as creators as well.
0: Mm -hmm. I think um, I've seen you post about this recently is like that mindset of quality or quantity and kind of what's the the middle ground between the two. Because I think there's something to be said, you can overthink it like really pour so much into quality that you almost have analysis paralysis. Yeah. But I think that we're kind of moving out of the area where it's just like post, 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 post in order to grow. Could you expand on that a little bit more on kind of what your thoughts are?
1: Yeah, I would say I think a lot of things that go around on social media aren't like not necessarily like the full truth, but like, I would say it'd be a little bit more explanation behind some of the things that get thrown around and quality versus quantity or vice versa. Like, I feel like that is something that gets thrown around a lot without a lot of the explanation. And so I recently posted about this and basically the conversation that I felt like needed to be had is that both are important. I mean, you could post one quality post on social media once a month, And let's just say your goal is to hit 10,000 followers in one month, like that's probably not going to happen. Where on the other hand, like if you're posting seven times a day, like number one, you're probably going to get burnt out. But number two, the quality of your content isn't going to be probably as good. I mean, if it is, then like you need to come talk to me and like teach me your ways. Like that's amazing. (laughs) But for most people, and even for me, like as a creator on TikTok where I'm posting multiple times per day. Like I've had to figure out like my rhythm of things. And a lot of that would come down to batching. But I think that the biggest thing is just recognizing that they work hand in hand, because I also believe that quantity drives quality. Like that's something that I 100% learned on my journey as I did that 90 day real challenge. Is You know, I didn't really know specifically what my niche was at the time. I wasn't truly a great content creator. Um, and that's not to say that you have to be a perfect content creator to show up. Definitely not the case. Um, but I was still figuring things out along the way. And I think because I created such a large quantity, it really helps me to figure out what the quality was of my personal work and my personal brand as well. So they go hand in hand. You can't really, you can't succeed on social media without both of them is basically like the end thing. So Hopefully, that answers your question.
0: (laughs) No, I, I think that's really powerful insight because, generally speaking, we get in so many different ideas on what we should be doing or what we should not be doing. So, I think it's refreshing to just hear of like try different things and then follow what feels good for you, find the rhythm that feels good for you. And I think that's a perfect segue to something else you've been sharing about recently, which is your journey from the beginning of entrepreneurship to the like extreme doing as much as possible, being almost, you know, chained to the business to now coming out on the other side of like, I cannot keep this pace any longer. Like I need to find some middle ground. So I would love if you'd share that story with us.
1: Yeah. So oh gosh. (laughs) This story is like it's something that's kind of just unfolded over time. And I've shared a little bit, like bits and pieces, but I've actually never came out and like had an open conversation. So this is the first time and I love it. I guess the beginning of my journey, I guess the not maybe beginning of my journey, but the beginning of the recognition of like where I was at in my business was when I went on a trip to Israel. So this was in, I think in April of this year. I, this trip had been planned for a long time, but because of COVID, it got pushed back. So it'd been pushed back two years. So we were supposed to go in 2019, um, but it got pushed back and anyways, or we're supposed to go 2020, but it got pushed back. And leading up to this trip, like I kept thinking to myself, I was like, I hope that this trip gets canceled. I hope that this trip gets pushed back again, because I don't know how my business is going to survive while I'm across the country. And we were, we were in a tour group. And so it was all planned out. Like every second of the day was planned out. It wasn't like a vacation where like, you wake up in the morning and like you sit by the beach and like you can work while you're on the beach. Like it wasn't like that at all. Like it was very scheduled out. And so I felt so much anxiety leading up to this trip. Like I literally was like praying. I was like, please just cancel this trip. Like, which is so not like me. Like I love traveling. Like I love the opportunity to travel, but just because of my business, I was so scared of what would happen. And so then I went on this trip, um, we get there and like I had batched out everything that I possibly could have. So I batched out all my reels, everything was done, the text, the captions, I all my emails were scheduled out, like everything that I could have done before that trip. Like I, I did a lot of upfront work. And as I was on that trip, what I would do is I would wake up, actually, I wouldn't wake up in the morning because of the time zone differences, but I would post my content at night. Um, but I would wake up and I would just go straight to the day-to-day activities that whatever we had planned on that trip. And then at night, when we were at dinner, that's when I would post my content and I would interact for like five, 10 minutes. And if I had time, like on the bus and between like where we were going in locations, I would answer direct messages, but that was about it. And before that, to give you some idea, I was working 16 to 18 hour days before this trip. And then I was only spending like 30 to 60 minutes a day while I was in Israel, actually on social media and trying to build my business. And my business was fine. It was totally fine. I kept growing on Instagram. My income was great. It was actually even better than when I had left on the trip or before the trip. And so that was just a really eye-opening moment of like, wow, like I've been spending so much time in my business on all of these like little Like I call them like fluff, like things that you, things that aren't necessarily bad, but things that maybe aren't the most important things that you should be focusing on. And so I, after that trip, I really sat down with myself and also on that trip, I was reading a book, I think it was Atomic Habits. I'm Hmm. trying to think of what book I was reading. I read like two or three books on that trip, but anyways, one of the books that I was reading, Um, He said, you know, take a notepad around with you and write down everything that you do in your day to day life for one week. So write down every single thing that you do and how much time it takes up and that will help you to know what things to cut out. And so I did that for a week after I got back and I recognized that I had all this wealth, all these things that like I was spending extra time scrolling on Instagram and like I didn't need to do that. And how did I know that I didn't need to do that? Because my Instagram kept growing when I was in Israel and I wasn't doing these things. And so it really just helped me to focus in on like, I basically like, what are my IPAs? My income producing activities in my business. And then also like my IPGs, like my income producing growth activities on Instagram as well. And so basically to like sum it up, I went from working 16 to 18 hour days to working six to eight hour days and also taking vacations. Previously, like I worked even on Christmas. Like I didn't take Christmas off. I didn't take take Thanksgiving off. Like I... There was no time in my business that I took off. And so I just came back from a trip with my family where I worked like one hour in the mornings and I spent the rest of the time with my family. And like for me, right now, if you had told me six months ago that this is what I would be doing, I would be like, how is my business surviving? Like, how is my, how are you even doing it? But it's really because I just sat down with myself and I was real and I was like, you know what? this isn't working. Like I can't continue going at this pace, but also it wasn't necessarily like helping me move any faster to my goals, if that makes sense. Like working those 16 hour days wasn't like tripling the growth that I was having. And so it didn't make sense for me to continue on in that pace. And so just really sitting down and having that honest conversation and really Basically auditing my life and being like, hey, what are the things that I can cut out? And like how can I better maximize my time in my business? Which, you know, came with setting boundaries, you know, clocking off at six o'clock is a non-negotiable for me. Um working out every single morning, taking care of myself, pouring into myself before I pour into my business, reading books, like all of those things that I thought that I couldn't handle in my business because I was like, if I wake up in the morning and I have to work a 12 to 18 hour day, I felt like I couldn't take care of myself because I was like, my business has to grow first. But really putting myself first helps me to then grow my business.
0: Right, And not only does it help you to sustain or grow, but drastically diminishes the level of burnout that you were inevitably going to reach at some point. And I think the fact that you kind of tapped into this level of self-awareness by force of going on this trip, like, gosh, what it saved you from, like, how much longer would you have continued to run at that pace? And what, like, repercussions would have that have had on your relationships, on your mental health, on your physical health? I've I've really loved watching that that awareness and that journey unfold for you. And I think regardless on, um you know, if someone listening, if you have a business or you don't have a business, I love Maya's advice on just like auditing your time. Um, because so often we say, oh, I don't have time for that, or I can't do this. And, um you know, there are some parameters on one, on what we have to accomplish during a day. But I know I'm super guilty of spending a whole lot more time than necessary scrolling Instagram or doing who knows what else. So what were some of those things that you cut out to go from hypothetically 18 hours to a six or eight hour workday?
1: Yeah. So it honestly wasn't anything that like, you're going to be like, wow, that was mind blowing. Like it, it was just, it was simply things like I was checking my email like 10 to 15 times a day. And I was also spending so much time like thinking about what I would say to those emails instead of just like, being myself because like it was like with brand partnerships and stuff and I felt like I had to fit into like this perfect mold of like exactly what to say and like I didn't go to college for business I didn't go to college for communication like I don't have the perfect way to say say things you know and so I felt like I was getting so caught up in like trying to be this perfect person and same thing with Instagram as well like not necessarily the you know, my content creation was taking up all this time. But like, I felt like when I showed up on my stories, that it had to be this perfect curated version of my life. And if you have been following me on my stories, like my stories have been so, 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 so different within the last month and a half. And it's because I've just taken the shift of like, I just want to be who I am on social media. And that's not to say that like, I've been a fake version of myself on social media, not the case. But I was just showing up in a very edited way, basically. And so I would say emails is a big one. Scrolling through Instagram was a big one. Even just like posting more than I even needed to um, on social media. And I would say another thing is I was focusing way more on my social media than I was on my business. And that was taking a huge toll on my business. Obviously, you need your business to make money. And I was like, why am I not making money? It's because I'm not spending any time on my business. And so there were all these different like small realizations and in between all of that too, I recognized how much time I was just wasting. And what I meant by wasting would be like in between tasks, you know, I would take a, you know, like a 30 minute scroll break on Instagram where like I would, I don't know, just do like all these like little things that were like breaks and not to say that like breaks are bad, not the case at all, but like there were all these things that they were just taking up time. It was just fluff. And so I sat down and I was like, "Okay, I need to have one a one hour power hour at the beginning of every single day. And in that power hour, I'm going to accomplish all of my most important tasks." So these are my IPAs, the things that are my income producing activities in my business because I really want to focus on my business. And if I accomplish nothing else in the day outside of that one hour power hour, then it's okay because I have accomplished the most important things. And then I time block outside of that. So now I only check my email every other day and I give myself like 10 minutes. I'm like, hey, you have 10 minutes and it's kind of like a race. Like a, it's a little game that I play with myself. I'm like, hey, you have 10 minutes. And for someone like me, I hate hate responding to emails like I don't know what it is like I just don't like emails Um, I'd rather that you text me I'd rather you direct message me but for some reason emails just give me so much anxiety but when I give myself this time frame of like hey you have 10 minutes like I'm gonna get it done and I'm gonna knock it out instead of me spending two hours like bowling over the idea of like responding to these emails Mm. Um, same thing with social media too like obviously I've always been batching my content I always recommend batching content but like getting on and then getting off So posting my content, engaging, and then getting off, and then maybe checking my direct messages one other time during the day. Like, you don't need to be spending all this excess time. So I would say, like, you're, I don't know, people who are listening to this are probably thinking, like, hey, that's cool. Yeah, she's running this business, but that's different than my business. But like we were talking about, it really comes down to, like, auditing your time. Like, it's going to be different for you than it is for me at the end of the day. But it, it really is just, like, sitting down with yourself and saying, am I using my time in the best possible way that I could be using my time. Because I can promise you that the answer is probably no. There are probably some things that you can cut out. And also, I also recommend doing a power hour. They're just amazing. So,
0: Yeah. I want to come back to that in a second. Uh, But I know Chris Bailey talks about this a lot in Hyper Focus, is how many things that we do that feel like they're productive, like checking email, checking DMs, checking to see what this person is doing or whatever it may be. And it's like, those tasks aren't inherently bad, but it's like, how are you intentionally structuring your time around them? So you're like really maximizing, like I check my email in a ridiculous amount of time during the day. And I don't even get that many emails. Um, you know, it's like, what are we doing on the default? Like when it's like a task gets hard and then I open my phone and then half an hour later, it's like those little things add up. So then at the end of the day, I'm like, gosh, I accomplished nothing. And I love that you said, like, it's not that breaks are bad but what kind of breaks are we actually using? Me getting up and going to walk outside and enjoy the sunshine and like go on a walk or go sit on my patio. Like that is actually refreshing as opposed to just spending those same 30 minutes, like passively consuming more information. That's not actually helping me connect any more dots or move anything forward, but quote unquote feels productive. So um, I love that you mentioned that. It's like, it's not that you know, work, 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 work. It's just like, how are you actually maximizing your time? Because if you're maximizing what is dedicated as your work time the most efficiently or effectively, then it frees up more of that space outside of of work hours to do the things that actually fill your cup.
1: Yeah. And I think the quote, like, People say all the time, like, if you give yourself four hours to clean your house, like, it's going to take you four hours to clean your house. But if you give yourself 30 minutes, it's going to, you know, it's going to take you 30 minutes. And I think the same thing, that was like the biggest shift for me. Like, I was giving myself 12 to 16 hours to work my business. So, of course, I'm going to take 12 to 16 hours. But then I was like, wait a second, I can do this in six to eight hours. And yeah, I cut out the fluff, but like, most of the tasks doing are almost the exact same tasks that I was doing when I was working 12 to 16 hours. And I got asked a question the other day, they're like, well, you did this for nine months in your business where you're working these, you know, 12 to 16 hour days, or, you know, 14 hour days, whatever, for nine months. And like, you've obviously accomplished all of these great things, you know, was that needed to get to where you are today? And I would say no, because I wish that someone had came in and told me to audit my life, at the beginning of my business. And not only that, I wish someone had came in and say, you don't need to work 12 hours a day to be successful. Because that was something that like, it wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to work 12 hour days. Like, that's not how I started my business. It was the, the fact that I saw all these other people who were working these long days. And I felt like, oh, they are successful. And that must be how I become successful too, is because of those long work days because of always saying yes to these opportunities. And so it really just took me like sitting down and being like, okay, that is not my definition of success. That shouldn't be the definition of success. And like, what are my goals in my business? It's not working 12 to 16 hour days. It's not, you know, throwing my body like off the line and like not focusing on my health. It's not, you know, throwing my relationships out the door, you know, to be successful. Like that's not my definition of success. And so really sitting down and being like, what is my definition of success? Like, how can I get there and how can I set boundaries that still keep my life healthy and my relationships healthy and my goals and my dreams healthy while also having a thriving business? Because you can do both. So, I wish someone had sat down and said, It's okay to work six, eight hour days. And even if you get there in half the amount of time, like, you're, I promise that you're going to be thriving a hundred times more than you would spending all this time. So, I wish that that's something someone had said to me earlier on.
0: Well, and I think generally speaking, whether or not you own a business, um, it's easy to get trapped up in what someone else is doing and start living our life accordingly because we feel like we should. Um, Successful entrepreneurs work 16 hour days. This is just my life. And you're like, is this even why I started a business? Yeah. (laughs) You know, and I think that comes up in anything, whether it's being a farm wife or being a mom, like the more we try to emulate how someone else is doing it and the further we get away from what feels alignment for us the greater that disconnect grows. And then that's when we feel burned out or we wake up to a day and we're like, I don't even know what life I'm living. This is not what I signed up for. And I love that you had that awakening like sooner rather than later. Because you said you left nursing school because you didn't want to you know, have no life because of yeah. nursing. And then the irony is, that's <laughs> yeah. what you created for yourself. And I have to check myself in that too. It's like, I have all of these goals and dreams that I want to accomplish, but I have to remind myself, do it in the way that honors life as a whole. Like that is my goal is to live a well balanced and balances. a whole crazy, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that, that's a whole nother podcast episode yeah. that's coming. Um, but you know, like what feels in alignment, like what are your priorities and how do you best optimize your time to make space for everything that's important to you? Because, you know, our work is where we drive impact. And I think when you care so much about something as you do, you know, your clients and the work that you're doing, it's easy to pour yourself into it. Yeah. But taking that step back to be like, okay, but what else is important to me? And where else should I spend my time? I think that's the biggest takeaway.
1: Yeah. And I was on a masterclass just last week and something that she said was like so mind-blowing to me, even though it was so simple. She was talking about herself and hiring coaches. And she said, you know, when I look for a coach to hire the first thing that I look at is the life that they're living. Are they taking care of their bodies? Are they taking care of their relationships? Is their life in line with the life that I want to live? I was thinking like, wow, that's so true. Like that's how I, you know, approach people when I'm looking to hire, you know, when I'm looking for mentoring and coaching and purchasing a course or whatever. And then she also went on to say, you know, why why does she look for those things outside of like obviously balance? she looks for those things because when people are taking care of themselves, that's when they're functioning at their highest, you know, when you're taking care of your body and when you are, you know, in tune with everything that's going on in your life and you have, you know, healthy relationships, whether that's with a spouse or whether that's with your kids or whether that's, you know, relationships could be anything. It could be friendships too, you know, but she said, when you, when you have that harmony in your life and you're taking care of yourself, like that's when you're going to be able to function at your best because You gain all these different perspectives from different things in your life. Like you said, balance is a hard word, but like trying to create (laughs) as much balance as possible between your work and your life.
0: So uh, part of what you're doing is um, working with clients. Um, I don't know if you're still in a one one capacity or if you're transitioned more to your your IG university, but I thought it would be entertaining for my listeners (laughs) and a great way for you to demonstrate like your level of expertise. Looking at my Instagram, what advice would you give me? And feel free to be honest, put me on the hot seat. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to absorb all that Maya has to offer.
1: Let me pull up your Instagram right now.
0: Oh gosh, now now I have regrets about saying this. Okay, because I just feel like personally, like I've kind of been on a journey recently of letting go of the expectation of what I feel like I should be doing, and just trying to play around with different modalities. And there are some things that feel really good, but then perform terribly. And I'm not here to like appease the Instagram gods with all the analytics, but it can be defeating. And I know some listeners can relate to that. Of like when you are trying to create content that feels good to you and then it's like womp. womp, womp. <laughs> it's yeah. like again going back to auditing your time like is this even worth my time yeah so I feel like I'm trying to figure out um, what feels good and works so I would love your insight
1: yeah and I think that's 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 something I think a lot of people forget on their content creation journey is like, what does feel good to you? And that's not to say like completely disregard, like your ideal follower and like your, that's not what I'm saying. But at the end of the day, like, I feel like sometimes we get so caught up and this is honestly something that happened to me just pretty recently that I, I just felt like I was getting so caught up in like creating content for other people that I forgot to create content That I actually enjoyed creating. And so making sure that it is something that you enjoy, because if it's not something that you enjoy, then you are gonna say, like, why am I doing this? Um, you know, and it's gonna be really hard for you to show up consistently when you don't actually enjoy doing it. That being said, like there are always gonna be little tasks, whether it's on social media or in your business that you don't necessarily enjoy doing. Like that's just kind of how life is, and you kind of just have to buckle down at that point. But do make sure that you are enjoying the journey for sure. And I would say, as I'm looking at your Instagram account, um, the biggest thing that I would recommend, and this is something I see quite frequently on Instagram accounts, is one of your posts, whether that is a post or a reel, whatever it is, if one of your pieces of content showed up on someone's explore page, would they know what your niche is? Mm. So, really, asking yourself that question every time you post, and that's not to say that like the the reel itself has to cover you know all of your bases. It could be the caption that covers it. You know, it could be the hook that draws your your ideal follower in. But the the reason why I say this is the biggest thing is because a lot of times we think as content creators, because we're the ones that are consuming our content, you know, all the time. We're the lo- we're the ones that are looking at, it and we're like, oh yeah, this makes sense. But sometimes mm-hmm. you need that outside perspective, those outside eyes to be like, okay, hey, if this showed up on someone's Explore page, which hopefully you are showing up on people's Explore pages, and they tap into that real and they're like, wow, this is amazing. And then they come over to your Instagram account and then they're like, wait a second, this like this doesn't quite line up. Like I thought that this real, like her niche would be something else, but it's not. And so when you really sit down and you ask yourself, like, would this make sense to my ideal follower if it showed up on their Explore page? If yes, then great. You're on the right track. But sometimes I think we, again, because we see our content so much, we're like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. Like, this is how this all ties together. But your ideal follower or just any viewers in general are like, wait a second, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't tie together. And at the end of the day, like, if you have this confused viewer, they're not going to tap that follow button. So... That really comes down to like building out your content pillars and making sure you're very clear on like the topics that you are creating, but also just the language that you simply use inside of your reels, whether that be a hook that you use or maybe the caption and like the language you use in the caption, just making sure that it's really specific to your ideal follower.
0: Mm, I love that. That's so good because you're so right when we are in the thick of content creation, like well, it makes sense in my head. Everybody knows, but that's so true. Or I even think about like, oh, maybe there's something I haven't talked about in a long time, and I'm like, that's probably not a good thing if someone is just coming to find me.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And I think totally something that we forget about too is like, oh, I post about it once. I'll just everybody like, should know. Yeah, everybody yeah. should know it. And it's like wait, <laughs> obviously, yeah, you have all these new people coming in. So you that's where that repetition comes in. And that's not to say like you should post about the same thing four times in one week, or maybe not even four times in one month, but like. How often are you talking about these things and how often are you looking at your insights to really dig deep into like, hey, this is working. Hey, this isn't working. Um, because a lot of times we do get so caught up in just like posting and looking at the numbers on the individual posts that we don't really take that again, that outside, like opening up that lens of like, hey, this is where I'm at. Here are my goals. And these are the posts that are actually going to help me get to my goals. And does this make sense to not just me, but also to my viewers? And is it also simple? Because I think that's another thing, too, is like as content creators, we kind of overcomplicate things because we are, you know, those two steps ahead of our ideal follower. We're like, oh, yeah, this makes sense to me. But is it simplified enough for your ideal follower that it makes sense to them, too?
0: I think that also even just goes back to the conversation of auditing your time and what you should be doing. I can think of several posts that I've made that, yeah, maybe something got someone got something out of them, maybe, but like, was that the best use of my time? Yeah. Did that actually articulate the bigger message that I want to get across or like, You know, help move someone along on the journey that I'd love them to be a part of. And, you know, it's not as quick as just like typing up a caption and throwing a picture on it. Like, even the most simple post by the time you write it, edit, post, engage, like that's an hour and a half, two hours of your day. And if everything you're doing isn't have intention behind it, then is it worth your time?
1: No, for sure.
0: Full circle. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, yeah. And that was totally something like, even when I was talking about like what I was posting on my stories, it was like, I want to utilize my stories to grow my business, but I was posting like this perfectly curated content that wasn't getting me anywhere. It was just, it was just to have content on my story. So not to say again that, you know, just like going back to like art breaks bad. No, they're not bad. I'd be like, how are you using those? How are you using you know, whatever it is that might be that fluff in your business, how can you transition that to be something more intentional?
0: Yeah, I even think about, you know, obviously, we're both entrepreneurs. So we talk about, entrepreneurship, but I even think back to when I was a teacher or when I was full-time at the Y, gosh, how much stuff that I did that probably wasn't even necessarily worth my time, effort, and energy. So I think that that lesson can transcend no matter what line of work you're doing, or even as a stay-at-home mom, like what can you let go of that isn't necessarily worth spending time on? I think that's a universal message. So
1: for sure.
0: Before we close, two final questions. For you, what does personal growth mean for you and how does that look in your life?
1: Ooh, that's a great question. <laughs> personal growth for me is just looking back on the day before and recognizing that there has been change. You know, not necessarily I mean obviously you can look back on months in the past and years in the past, but for me it's just looking at myself and like really having tunnel vision on my journey and like making sure that where I'm going is really in line. And, you know, as I do look back on, you know, what did I do yesterday? Or like, where was I at yesterday? And making sure that it is in line with where I'm wanting to go.
0: Love that. Love that. So um, I'm sure that everyone who has listened just cannot wait to get to know you more. So where (laughs) would you like to send them to hang out, social media channels, all the things? What are you working on? How, How can someone get to know you better?
1: So I am basically at Maya Nicole on everything. So you can find me on Instagram, on TikTok. Instagram is my main platform, but I'm also on TikTok and also on Pinterest Um, my nicole is my website as well if you want to connect with me on there i have an email list course that is launching at the end of this month that is my next up-and-coming offer but if you're looking for instagram growth um, come and hang out in my membership ig university i would love to chat with you there it's super fun we have guest speakers on there there's lots of trainings learning about the ins and outs of instagram building a strategy Um, you can ask questions in there so it's a lot of fun
0: so, so cool. And it's been, um, I don't even remember when I started following you, but it's been a while now. And it's just been very cool to watch you refine what your process looks like, to watch your business grow, to watch your following grow. And it's just, the more I can see someone tapping into where they're supposed to be and live it out fully, like that's what just lights me up. So it's been a joy to watch that.
1: Oh, I appreciate you so much. And I'm grateful for social media for bringing us together. Like that is the power of social media right there. So I'm so grateful for you.
0: Absolutely. Feeling is so, so mutual. Thank you, Maya. Thank you. Alas, the moment we've all been waiting for. As part of our podcast launch celebration, we hosted a giveaway for two $50 Amazon gift cards. Watching your shares, stories, and reels about the show pop up throughout the week was the most incredible emotional experience. After pouring my heart into creating this for you, seeing your takeaways and your connections for each episode was simply indescribable that being said, drum roll, please. Our winners are Lauren J. Bondi and Growing and Cultivating Students. Again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for each and every way that you have shared this podcast with the people in your circle over the past few weeks. In fact, my favorite feedback that I got about and Grow throughout launch week was from women who found the show solely through your shares. You are bringing this dream to reality, and I am eternally grateful for your love, encouragement, and support. Congrats to our winners. Have I told you today how much I appreciate you? I'd like to imagine this was a meaningful backyard patio kind of chat between friends sipping LaCroix at sunset. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a screenshot to share or forward this episode to a friend. You can also find me at Emily Rushell over on social to continue the conversation. It's truly a joy to hear what tidbits and takeaways made an impact on your day. As always, all links and resources mentioned in today's episode can be found in the show notes listed below or over at emilyrushell.com. Special thanks to my podcast manager, Jill Carr, for the time and love she puts into producing Gathering Growth for this community. What a blessing it is to be on this personal growth journey together. Forever grateful for you.